Okay, and welcome to What is the New Gold? Uh, today I've got my uh, the amazing Chief Operating Officer of Origin Clear, who's got his evening beer. All right. <laughs> here we are on the East Coast. I'm finally on the East Coast with you. It's kind of the way it works down here. <laughs> well, that's Florida, you know what I'm saying? But um, as people are joining us, yeah, so uh, literally um, yesterday we had, well, we still have boxes everywhere, but last night was our first night in uh, living in Florida. And uh, I must say I'm a happy camper. Then, of course, today you had to hit me with all this uh, good stuff about Florida in terms of opportunity, but it's also in a pretty amazing state in terms of pollution. Oh, my gosh. It's, it, it depends on how you think about it. It's more, it's complex, right? So there's, there's wonderful things about the state of Florida, you know, being free and interesting and productive for industry. But at the same time, there's also some fairly dirty industries down here, which always present industrial solutions that have to be cleaned up. Which for us is opportunity, but it, it's interesting about really every zip code in America has its own set of problems. So yeah. Absolutely. Today is the 2nd of July, Thursday, 2020. Water is the new gold, helping you thrive in the world's only vital, scarce, and recession-proof market. Now, you know, this is more than just a slogan because we are working to make water the new alternative investment. And water has been super stable since 1858 when uh, the parent, the original company that became Veolia was launched in, in France. And... Um, it's never had a crash the way real estate has had or oil and gas. It's just not a speculative environment. Um, and we're finding now that water treatment is going to the edge, as we say, that water systems are small enough that everyday investors can invest. That is the whole investor water story. But today we are going to be covering some of the more classic origin clear activities. And before I go on, I'm just going to give you a little disclaimers, safe harbor statement as usual. We do our very, very best to uh, anticipate actual facts and to state only the, the facts, right? But of course, those are not, we're not profits. We do our best. Regulation A, we're literally refiling the Regulation A with some improvements, and uh, you'll be hearing more about that. And then finally, the Regulation D is what's going on right now, where you can invest in an offering of the company that is a very interesting features that we can discuss separately. Okay, so I'm gonna stop sharing and Tom, I would like you to go ahead and uh, take over and show us what you got. Cool, so <laughs> what am I talking about today? So I actually was uh, informing Riggs that we were working on a project to deal with phosphate and phosphate ends up in uh, wastewater streams, you know, and you're like, well, how does phosphate get in water and why is it a problem? And, you know, the truth is we constantly get people calling going, I want to take care of this problem. There's arsenic in the water. I want to take care of this problem. There's benzene in the water. I have a problem. There's phosphate in the water. And you're like, you know, we get the request and you start thinking going, well, why? You know, or, or who's this industry or what's really going on? And ironically, in Florida, there's a big problem here that's been going on for some years around phosphate. And phosphate is a naturally occurring earth mineral that Florida just so happens to be very blessed with. Uh, because there's the largest phosphate deposit in the entire United States here in Florida. Mm -hmm. And it actually uh, 
is mind. It's strip mind of all things, which, you know, that awful dirty word where they literally just tear at the earth and pull the dirt away and stuff. And, you know, Florida supplies 65% of all of the phosphate for the entire United States and 15% of the world. It's a huge export. It goes out of Tampa Bay, actually. There's, right. a big, uh, there's a big production facility there, basically, that, you know, boots us stuff out of here. Unfortunately, to- phosphate's insanely toxic. And uh, it's, it's basically got like some uranium in it, basically. It's like a weak uranium. I that. hear that, yeah, Florida has naturally occurring uh, uranium and radon, right? Mm-hmm. Right, because of these big deposits. Because, you know, back in like 1881, you know, this guy's like surveying you know, all of Florida and he figures out like this blue strip here and this red strip here on this map is like these deposits of phosphate and uh, they figure it out. They send it to the Smithsonian. They determine that it's actually pretty important stuff. You know, back in the day, they're realizing that, you know, phosphate can be used for different industries. Uh, but the number one use of it, you know, really picks up years later because phosphate becomes one of the top ingredients to fertilizer and fertilizer being the big thing for agriculture. And so in that way, this huge deposit that sits, you know, just uh, east of Tampa happens to be the largest mining operation of phosphate in the entire United States. And it's massive and it's been going on for a hundred years, but from 1960 till, you know, 2000s, you know, you had 60 strong years of it just expanding exponentially of them mining the daylights out of this product. And you can see the chart here, you know, them really pulling a lot of phosphate out of the ground. And it's all coming out of the ground right here in Florida. Well, you know, have all your, you know, your thoughts on it. You know, if you understand what is fertilizer and, you know, what is phosphate, you know, the bottom line is there's a problem here on what they do in order to produce phosphate. And so when they pull all the materials out, they throw it in these, settling ponds and they wash it down with water in order to do the separation and then scrape the phosphate off and then there's a waste stream of water that comes with it as well but instead of treating it they just make bigger and bigger ponds that basically hold more and more of the wastewater and then in order to try to produce more phosphate they pour more water on it so what they're doing is they're sucking the aquifers dry in Florida to dilute the phosphate production. And what you're having happen is it's causing all those sinkholes in the aquifers because you're just collapsing the aquifers in the state. And then, of course, the other side of this, as you have all this phosphate coming out and all this waste stream going out, you're pushing all this fertilizer basically down the, the rivers out into the Gulf of Mexico. And that's what's causing your red tide blooms. So, you know, interesting little play, you know, it's, you can just trace it all back to this, this industry. And it turns out like, you know, what you're looking at here is a mountain in Florida. There's actually mountains. Oh my God. Yeah. 200 to 400 feet high. of (laughs) It's a real thing. So this is actually like, like 60 miles east of uh, Tampa where you're living right now. And there's a, there's literally mountains of soil. And what you're looking at is a phosphate gypsum stack. And so you, you'll, what you'll see is they literally have the material that they've mined around, piled. Then they put process water at the top of it. And then they basically have a whole drainage and processing water system at the bottom. So this is where our job comes in. We actually have the technologies to service the process water at these sites. 
to make them less toxic, which is kind of interesting. That's and crazy. that's where, you know, Dan and I were, were coming up with it. And I was looking at like, you know, one of the facilities of one of the plant producers, you can see it here on the right, you know, it's a typical plant where they're, they're doing the extraction. The thing on the right, if you notice this, it looks like a pond. That's mm -hmm. that gypsum stack that's actually 200 feet high with a pond on top. Oh my God. It's a mountain <laughs> in Florida. And then you see on the left, the actual distance from, from space right here is actually that same little processing plant. Oh my God. This little tiny thing in the corner. And this pond lagoon is actually something of five to 40 acres of these toxic ponds full of basically toxic water. Oh my so God, it's, that's crazy. It's crazy, right? And so like the scale of the problem, the scale of the issue is fascinating because you, all you need to do is overlay the sites where the mining is taking place, the sites where the phosphate deposits are, and where the aquifers are, and the ones that are being impacted, and you'll see you know, high correlations to the water table issues. And then you also see the problems you know, with red tide, because red tide is directly related to you know, phosphorus and nitrogen, which ignites the algae blooms. And then lastly, the sinkhole issues. You know, this is a picture of a massive sinkhole at actually one of those plants like I just showed you, where it literally sucked up 215 million gallons of radioactive wastewater. And it went 300 feet down into the ground, just <laughs> all, all this crazy stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, so, you know, I was like, just trying to read about it. You can, you know, there's all these maps of like, where are all the sinkholes and, you know, what's going on here in Florida. And I just find it to just be one of those crazy, crazy stories about, you know, an industry that's out here in our own backyard. And uh, we were looking at, at this because we kept getting these interesting email and phone calls asking, hey, do you have the ability to uh, separate phosphate from water? Do you have the ability to, you know, reduce some of the waste stream? And I'm like, yeah, we do. What's it for? Oh, I can't tell you that right now. You know, and I, you know, I went around the dance for like a couple months on some different guys trying to understand what industry they were coming from. But once I finally pulled it all together, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a massive industry. There's billions and billions of dollars at stake on this. So, so what you're saying is, this is not just a theoretical discussion. You're actually hearing from industry people who need the problem, a, a real world problem solved. And they happen to be a very large particular player in the space. Yeah, there's, there's probably, you know, a good five or 10 players in the space, you know, fairly large names, public companies, um, each over a billion dollars plus in the wow. category. This happens to be one of those facilities uh, that I had contacted one of their engineers and uh, they were looking to, you know, deal with some of these settling ponds and some of these processing ponds. And, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of measures that need to go into these places, but, you know, at the very least there's some mitigation we could be doing in, in a couple of the spots. And so that's why we're taking a look at it. Fascinating. So, so basically what, what we're talking about is an actual sales process where you're at the, the front end of it. You've spent some time already re responding to inquiries because we get these and then, and then kind of trying to see where people are coming from with them. Obviously this is part of the bigger picture 
uh, for progressive water and modular water systems. Since you were assigned to focus on our revenue centers, what have you been doing? You know, where's the battle at? Tell us about it. The battle, the battles every day. No, it, the truth actually, everybody's super motivated. You know, Mark and Mike and Dan and the team have been just really cranking. I'm really impressed with their, their get up and go. We've been putting a lot of effort into, I would say three areas. One was our products, right? We wanted, we had a couple new products we were putting forward like the booster pump skids. And we were obviously pushing our reverse osmosis and our pump stations. So things that were bread and butter products that mm-hmm. everybody needs right now. But the way we're getting them into everybody's hands was changing a little bit. Uh, if you remember a couple of weeks when Dan was talking about it, I've been having Dan and Mike and a couple of the guys doing more presentations to consulting engineers, uh, sales engineers, and guys who are in the water industry mm-hmm. so that they see our products and understand how they work and are implemented. And also we're doing uh, CE credits, which are your continuing education credits because we're at the same time as teaching them about wastewater and uh, drinking water treatment, they're also mm-hmm. earning their credits for their engineering and they're learning about our products. So it's like a win-win for us, right? And that process has led to a lot of new leads, which drove in a bunch of new proposal work. So the guys have been super busy knocking out proposals on our core products, right? Which is wonderful. Then the other side of it was just more marketing. So then it was more about just telling everybody what we do. Like, the guys are very proud of the work they do and they're very capable. And so sometimes we forget, we get caught up just grinding it out. And mm-hmm. lately I've been kind of making them take some extra pictures of the machines, write down the story, what it is, and then send out an email, send it out to your, your top 10 you know, favorite folks and send it out to the 50 guys who bought from you in the last five years and send it out to the hundred guys who never bought from you, but they liked us, but you know, maybe they didn't buy from us. And, just let them know what we're doing. And we're, we're here, we're alive. Coronavirus didn't get us. Everybody's actually healthy in our shop. Not a single person got sick this whole time. You know, thank God. And, you know, let them know that we're working. So that's been working great. People responded really positively to that. So simple stuff. Yeah, I mean, you could say really that, that we're doing what, um, as a corporate um, parent, we should be doing, which is the whole CRM, you know, building the uh, Salesforce type operation and so forth, um, which enables the guys to move beyond sort of the good old boy network and, you know, really run a whole nurture, right? Yeah. You know, but we're doing it, you know, the good old Texas way, (laughs) which is very personal, which is all right. No, it's true, but it matters. Cause like, remember, this is a, this is an industry that's been around a long time. So guys know one another, Mm -hmm. they're pretty close. So sometimes you just got to let folks know you're out there and you're doing good work. And I think people appreciate that. Plus, you know, let's face facts, you know, coronavirus kind of jolted everybody to the point where people were just a little froze and they weren't sure, are they working or what's going on with the supply chain? So we're just reminding them that it's like, hey, everybody's got work to do. You know, let's, uh, let's get to it. So that's been helping. And then on the last front, it's really been uh, innovation. You know, uh, you know, having working side by side with, you know, Mark and Dan and the guys, we're looking at the areas where we have, success and capability still. So there's a few little areas where sometimes we make an entire machine and other times we make an assembly or a component, which is maybe just a a critical part. And some of those critical parts are really uh, key to growth in our industry. You know, it could be as simple as um, 
putting together a much more efficient tank system for water storage. You know, mm -hmm. the tankage itself is an interesting innovation the way we do it, not just the entire machine, you know, with all the pumps and stuff attached to the tank. So sometimes when we put those, those simple parts together, that's something else we can let people know about. And we've actually been receiving orders just for some bread and butter basics. I mean, when you looked at it, you did a whole analysis and you found that the bread and butter is actually pretty important for us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, bread and butter will do a couple of things. It's like a lead in, you know, there's a more least a less expensive way to sell, you know, a $50,000 part than a $200,000 machine. And so sometimes that'll get people to do business and then they can order up basically they sell themselves up to the next product level. And that's mm -hmm. a, that's a good way to keep people going. And there's also a lot of need for what I would call repair and replacement right now. Uh, as you've, you've talked about it so many times about the aging infrastructure. I mean, like it's a disaster in some cities, like, you know, between their pipe systems and their old junk that's buried in the ground, old water tanks, old oil tanks. I mean, these things are made out of concrete or steel or whatever, and it corrodes and dies after, you know, 20, 30, 40 years in the ground. And the truth of the matter is that's all repair and replace work. And we're thrilled to go in there and get some repair and replace work because that's, that's core work that everybody actually fundamentally needs. Well, and then, you know, here's what's interesting though, because obviously you're still dealing with a relatively slow growth operation. You know, what you're doing is, is, uh, is super important, but then there's the crossover with what we're doing here with um, Investor Water, where you're now uh, bidding on jobs that are actually, you know, have funding, have investors. How is that changing the way the operation is going to work in your opinion? Well, I think it's interesting. It creates a different dynamic and a faster pace. You know, I think the investor part of it lets us accelerate quicker beyond our natural process because, you know, the water industry was, you know, has some slowness to it and the way the sales cycle works and the equipment cycle works. But on the investor water side, you can identify gaps and then match money to, you know, fill an opportunity and also generate profit for everybody in the process. So, that's kind of cool. Like, I think it gives an opportunity for everybody to play. This is going to be a very um, uh, popular with the water companies, right? And of course we have, uh, so where we stand right now, as you and I have been going back and forth, is we have the trailer park uh, pilot project, which we, and, and next week we'll cover in greater detail, the pond monster, so-called pond, pondster, which the you pond guys have been developing. The pondsta, <laughs> the pondsta. Uh, which is a fantastic solution. But the amazing part is, of course, that we have an investor who will work directly with the uh, end user in the field and then um, is basically, she's chomping at the bit, isn't she? Oh my gosh, she's, she's reminding me and I'm, I'm in the middle of my move and she's like, where's my deal? I'm like, yeah, okay. Um. <laughs> no, well, I actually finished that call today with the, with the customer. In uh, our engineer today, because we had a few things to do on the environmental side, and I, I'm really proud of that product too because it's it's really strong. Like, I mean, it's a strong offering from us, but it's actually the the machine itself is really strong. Like, I, I know for a fact, you know, if you're going into like, you know, some of these outdoor pond scenarios for like trailer parks or you know commercial clients, and we put this in place for them, it really, really will work to reduce the issues at that that location and that's why i like it so much because it's it's a real it has a real effective 
you know, change for whoever's using it. Well, that is exactly how it's intended. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you worked with the owner of the property and we got uh, the investor chomping at the bit. And uh, of course, as, as we know, we can know, we cannot yet operate the marketplace per se with taking a percentage for ourselves because that would be an investment offering. But the good news is, is that uh, we believe that we have a viable legal way forward with a potential partner who, who has worked it out, who's managed to, to figure out a way to bypass the real estate mortgage industry by having investors, you know, invest directly in properties. Uh, essentially, uh, these are rehabs. It's, it's a whole thing of its own. They're on the I think 500. They've worked out how to do these direct offerings. And so we believe that we're going to be able to, uh, to adopt that. So more on that shortly. We'll be talking more about this phosphate topic, I think, as we go forward, because there's so much to unpack there between that and, you know, the connection to red tide and aquifer levels. But the bottom line, the way, way I saw it was we all care about drinking water, right? We care about clean, mm-hmm. drinking, safe water. And, you know, this is one of those big stories where it's like, oh my God, this hits like every aspect of all the stuff you've been talking about for 10 years. And it's kind of cool. Like, you know, it's actually something we can play with in our own backyard. So I can't wait. And it's going to, again, we're going to make a big difference in the Florida peninsula if we can address this and uh, good luck continuing to work with these people, these unnamed people that you can't discuss. (laughs) they're out there you know you can look them up (laughs) right on right on well thank you tom and i'm going to go ahead and share screen now so right now you cannot invest directly in a water in water equipment we hope to have that resolved soon what you can invest in is our private placement which is an alternative investment too why an alternative investment is one that is not affected by current stock price stock price goes up stock price goes down big deal it offers, you know, typically an alternative investment offers yield, right? And it also offers uh, liquidity and a measure of safety. So what is this? What we're doing is we put together a corporate bond, and this is for accredited investors only or foreign investors. So if you are a non-U.S. citizen and invest and you're outside the U.S. at the time you invest, you don't have to prove you're accredited. But if you're in the U.S., then you need to do that. You need to show that you're a credited investor. We're happy to discuss that with you. What this is, is preferred stock, which means it's not issued as common stock. During the time that you own it, we pay you 12% dividends per year, paid quarterly, 8% in cash, 4% in stock. And we've been doing, I think we've done this now for uh, 30 months. Yeah, 30 months. So we're very good at uh, paying dividends. And Here's the cool part. Let's say whatever amount you invest, 100,000, 25,000, whatever it is, you can then redeem the entirety, basically repay yourself that principal double in stock. So let's say you invest at $25,000. Well, let's call it, let's, let's call it um, $50,000 because I'm going to get to the, the other part. Um, call it $50,000 just for argument's sake. You then get to convert that to not just $50,000 to $100,000 in stock. And it's priced at the price at that time later. Now, upside is if the stock went down in the interim, you were protected. Downside is if you wait too long and the stock starts to run, then you lose some of the, you lose the bottom, right? So at some point you have to pull the trigger and, and convert to, to common. But, it, but at least you're not, you know, basically 
stock goes down, you don't worry. Stock goes up, you need to start thinking about making that conversion. Finally, we give you 25% of your investment in stock. So 12, in that same example, $12,500 goes to you as a straight out stock grant and you will redeem it and it's priced at the time you convert it into common stock. Again, you're protected you know, from stock price going down Relatively speaking, remember there's always risk, but you know, you when you convert, you're converting at the price at that time. And again, you know, you want to be aware of the stock doing good things because we've been doing a good job, and you kind of want to convert, but you are protected from the downside. And we want you to discuss that with us. Now, who are the very best people in the world to discuss that with? Well, I was waiting for you to ask me that very, very same question. <laughs> and that is um, the wizard of business development, Ken Berenger. He's at extension 201. Ken Berenger, extension 201. Devin Angus is my assistant and he works with all of the shareholders. He's at extension 116. He's also, if you want to talk to me, he's the best guy to contact. You can always email invest at originclear.com. And here's what's cool. If you just type into your browser, oc.gold slash Ken, you don't have to type in on the HTTPs and stuff. Just type in, oc.gold slash Ken, and it schedules a call with Ken. And we'd love to have you talk to him. And by the way, uh, somebody alerted us that, that we, we, when we send texts, if you are receiving a text at a landline, then that's not appropriate. And uh, we will make sure that's fixed. So always let us know. We wanna be extremely compliant with our group texts. Uh, do let us know at any time. Uh, just email invest at originclear.com and Devin will be happy to take care of any issues you have with how we are promoting to you, whether we're being relevant, whether we're you know hitting you too hard, all that stuff. We really, really care about that. Okay, well, um, it's been incredible uh, having you guys here. So to recap, you know, Tom is in there just, you know, upgrading all the activities in Texas, great team, but they were operating very much on the basis of good works, that speak for themselves. And what you want is good works that are publicized. And so that's what we have here is, is he's really getting in there, making all the, the promotional activities work. But we still have the basic, basic problem the entire water industry has, which is that we have these lengthy funding cycles. Now that modular water systems is part of our company, we're able to offer roll in roll out systems in a very, very flexible short-term lease or rental program to regular water users. Now, working with municipalities and corporations, we do that the old-fashioned way. But when we're talking to individual companies that are, uh, that are doing their own water work, like breweries or um, industrial users or, or animal farms and so forth, they need a system and they, need it often, they often need it right away, but then they have this whole capital cycle. We can make it happen. How? Because we're developing this marketplace of uniting regular, ordinary investors like you and me with water projects. And I'm super excited about that. Where does that stand right now? We're literally about to pull the trigger on pilot project number two, which is that uh, trailer park remediation. We have the product, which is, we've called the Pondster, the Pond Monster. And it is going to be, um, again, this is super cool because we roll these things out with funding and then Texas takes it over as a regular product line to continue it with or without the, uh, the um, innovative self-funding. So we, again, we have the investor, we have the end user, 
Tom has been working on the contracts with the end user, making sure they're all happy. It appears that they are. Meanwhile, the uh, financier, the, the investor has been bugging me like crazy during my move. We're going to bring that together, get the deal done, and then let you know as soon as we have it done. So that's pilot number two. Pilot number three is also in progress. We have an investor. We have uh, a site that wants a hog farm that wants this pre-tree, again, Ponster, but we're much, much bigger. And that is happening as well. And I feel quite sure that well before Labor Day, we'll have those two additional ones done. And then I'll be able to you know, pull the trigger and take us into a market mode with the same time in parallel, the full legal due diligence. So we'll have a legal structure. I believe I'll be able to tell you about the legal structure next week. Please tune in. These are very, very exciting times. It is the Airbnb for water. And we really appreciate your support as we move into the real world away and out of the lab. Thanks all. Um, have a great July. Enjoy Jul the July 4th. And, um, you know, uh, be safe, but remember to have fun. Thank you all and good night.